Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. All right, City Place Church, are you ready for the word? So many things happening in the life of City Place Church. I want to give a shout out to every single person that participated in our flip-flop Sunday. We had a goal that we wanted to give away 50 pair of shoe, pairs of shoes, and you went above and beyond with your generosity. You gave City Place, watch now, 120 pairs of shoes, not including the belts, to uh, some young adults uh, who live in uh, a homeless shelter called Covenant House here in Orlando. And so well done. Thank you for grabbing hold of a heart of generosity and fulfilling one of our core values as a church, live to give. So well done on what uh, God is doing through our generosity. And so, hey, do me a favor, make sure that you've downloaded today's message notes. You can find those online, cityplacechurch.com. You're going to find that they're a little bit longer uh, than normal. Uh, There's something I'm going to teach you at the end of service today. But uh, over the last, let's just say month, we've been uh, going through the Word of God. And I actually thought that we were were concluding the series run through the Bible, but just kind of in stirring uh, my heart, the Lord's been just challenging me like hey we're not going to end the series uh, just yet because there's more that he wants to say and more practical things that he wants to encourage us with and so today I'm going to be real practical uh, just to, to, to just get us continue to lead into the word so I want to encourage you if, if you don't have your Bible go get your Bible real fast you're going to need your Bible we're going to go through the word John chapter 8 is where we're picking up <clears throat> John chapter 8 is where we're picking up Again, like and subscribe, share today's message, invite people to be a part of City Place Church. And if this is your first time hanging out with City Place Church, I want to invite you to take our three-week challenge when we we encourage every person that hops on for the very first time to spend three consecutive weeks with us to see if this couldn't potentially be a community that you would grow with and to be able to impact uh, your area or the Orlando area together. And so uh, John chapter 8, verse 31 says this, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Colossians chapter three, verse 16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence, your power, and we thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit for speaking through me everything that you would want us to hear today. Our hearts are open. Our minds are free. Thank you that lives are going to be changed and people are going to meet you today as we come around your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Several weeks back, uh, we were in this passage of John chapter 8 and we were talking about holding on. And Jesus says, if you hold on to my teachings, then you really are my disciples. You really are Christ's followers, those who are sold out and allowing me to be the leaders of your life. And he says, and then you'll know the truth and knowing that I am the truth 
realizing that it's going to set you free. Our foundational verse for this whole series has been Colossians chapter 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it remain fixed in you richly. And just to catch you up just a little bit, we said when we were talking about holding on to God's word, we said that we have to make God's word the foundation of our life. We have to make God's word the, the building block, the driving force, the, the, the standard of excellence for our life, the, 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 the thing that leads us to, to our character building, the, the thing that guides us in our decision making, that we need to make the word of God, the foundation in our life. And we said that there were some obstacles to those foundations because Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven that we are to build our life on the rock. And there's some obstacles that we talked about in that message entitled, and I encourage you to watch it, hold on, where we said that the obstacles were popular culture, the things around us can cause us to not have the word of God as our foundation. We, we, we said this, that the word of God is not just a book, it is alive, it is living, it, it speaks to us, it guides us. The Bible literally says it teaches us and rebukes us and corrects us and teaches us how to walk in right standing with the Father. And so popular culture can come with rules and laws that's contrary to what God's word would say. The second thing that can be an obstacle in you and I grabbing hold of and falling in love with the word of God and making it foundational is tradition. Tradition, uh, rules and regulations can cause us to, 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 to not grab hold of all that God has. Jesus actually said it like this. He says, you've made your man-made traditions the priority and thus you've made the word of God of no effect. We said reason can can, can be an obstacle in our life. There was a group of people who came up with all of these reasons why scripture wasn't accurate, only to be debunked. And so our reason can get in the way with, can we trust God's word? Is it true? Did Jonah get swallowed by a whale? Yes, he did. It's our faith that allows us to lean into God's word and to lean into our relationship with Jesus Jesus literally said you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. Like faith allows us to lean into who God is. And then we said another obstacle could just be our feelings. I just don't feel like growing in God's word. I don't feel like being led by God's word. I don't feel like reading God's word. I don't feel like that which I read applies to me currently. I don't feel like I should respond based on what the word of God says. I don't feel like what God's word says applies now. I feel like I do better as the leader of my life than God's word leading me. So feelings can sometimes get in the way. And so as I was reading and preparing for this week, I, I realized that, that there could be some, some, some unanswered questions to being able to hold on and to be able to really grab hold of the word of God, because not only did we say we need to make it foundational, we said that we need to make God's word the first part of our day. I challenge everybody to give God the first 15 minutes of your day. Then we said we need to make it grow deeper in our life. And the final thing we said was we needed to make it a weapon for our life. And as I was preparing and thinking about this week, I wanted to close some of the gap 
on, on things that you may not know or that we are still needing to learn. And I realized that there's so much more to God's word. So I wanted to get real practical on literally like grabbing hold of God's word and studying God's word. And I came across a verse that's going to be our focus of the day. Psalms chapter one, verse three. Psalms chapter one, one through three. It's going to be our focus of the day. And it says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do, it prospers. Today, we're going to focus our thought around make it. We talked about making the foundation, making God's word the foundation, making it the first part of our day, making it grow deeper in our life and making it a weapon. So how do we do that? In Psalms chapter one, one verses three, the, the writer gives us like this clear view of the success that could take place if the word of God becomes our focus. But he also gives a warning to make sure that we watch where we walk, sit and stand. And as I was thinking and reading through these scriptures, I realized that if we're going to make God's word foundational, if we're going to make it the first part of our day, if we're going to make it grow deeper in our life, and if we're going to make it a weapon, we have to make it real to us. The word of God has to be made real to us. Like we, we, we can't just continue. And we, we've been saying this over our series. So what I'm about to share is going to be a remind. But the word of God has to be made real. The book is not just a book. It's the word of God. It's it's alive. And the word of God, we've got to make it real. We've got to say that, God, your word is for me today. And just to remind you of some things that we said, and this is your first time here, this will be new. But we said that God's word has to become our authority and our truth. If we're going to make God's word real, we have to determine in our mind. It's my authority and it's my truth. Second Timothy chapter two, chapter three, verse 16 through 17 says all scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God literally gives you his word and gives me his word to guide every area of our life. If I were to misstep, God's word is there to pull me back in line. If I need to choose a direction, God's word is there to lead me. If I need to live according to God's standard, which we all do, God's word is there to be my guidepost. If there's a behavior in me that's not representative of Christ, God's word is there to get my attention and correct me. But you and I have to make it our authority, but we have to make it real. This book that people see as just useless words. No, it's not a book. 
It's alive to me. In fact, John chapter one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Like literally, the word has been here since the beginning. And then it goes on to say, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God, Jesus is the word. So I have to grab hold of the authority. And when I'm going into scripture, I'm looking to find Jesus. Remember, this is something that we said, and you can just write this down. It's not in your notes. The subject of all of scripture is Jesus. The verb is give. So you and I must make it real. We must assimilate it to our life. The word of God has to be brought into every aspect of our life from marriage to singleness to, 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 to your career, to your dreams, to your parenting, to your, if your son, daughter, whatever it may be, being an employee, being a boss, being a financial investor, a financial planner, no matter what it is, it doesn't really matter. The word of God has to be assimilated into our life, which means literally the word of God becomes my leader. The word of God in my group, in my character takes over and I make it a part of who I am. It doesn't conform to me. I conform to the word. Write this down. I'm leading to how we're going to study God's word. So we make it real. God, this is all for me. God, I just thank you that you gave this to me. God, I am looking to find you in here and I know you're going to say something to me. So I am not doing a religious routine. I'm not just reading because Pastor Damon challenged me to read for 15 minutes. I'm not reading to be distracted. I'm reading to find you. I'm reading so that the areas of my life that are not conformed into how you want me to to, to walk out or, or, or the decisions that I'm about to make. I don't want to make it my own. I'm making it real. The second thing is, is that we need to make it last. Well, Pastor Damon, you said you've got to make it foundational. Yes, but we have to make it last. We said this several weeks ago. We said that you and I have a choice. We have to choose to love, honor, and live according to the word of God. It's your choice. I have a choice. You have a choice. This can be a book or it literally is the word. But you have to choose. You choose to love, honor, and live according to the word. I was thinking about this, that the word of God is, 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 uh, one in which uh, when I go into my time with God, I'm looking to see what he has to say. When I, <clears throat> when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather, I was asking him, you know, uh, he's, he's with the Lord now. I was asking him, say, well, how did you and grandma meet? You know, I was telling all the stories because they had been married for over, you know, almost 40 years before they went to be with Jesus. And, and so uh, I was like, Grandpa, how did you meet Grandma? And, you know, did you guys ever like, not, were you not together sort of thing? You know, just asking questions. And one time my grandfather said this. He said, Damon, you know something? Uh, and he, I was like, Grandpa, what you know about those, those slang words? He said, uh, one time I, <coughs> I quit Grandma. I said, what? He 
said, yeah, one time I quit grandma. I just wanted to be by myself. I said, what? He said, yeah. I just, I just told her, uh-uh, you ain't for me. He said, but, my, but, but something changed when I was walking home one day and I saw somebody else talking to grandma. And I decided I didn't want to live without grandma. See, there are times in our life where you and I will decide that maybe we should quit the word because we didn't like what the word said. And so we'll try to push the word aside because maybe what we read challenged what we had grabbed hold of from culture or challenged our tradition or challenged our reason or challenged our feelings. And so, you know what? I don't know if I want to spend time with you today. Have you ever been there where maybe you were frustrated because maybe God didn't answer your prayer in the time frame or you feel like he's been delayed? And so, you know what? I got better things to do. I'm going to try to make it on my own. I'm going to let his word stay right there. But my grandfather said something. He said, um, Damon, when I realized that I was at risk of somebody else getting the woman that I love, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to lose her. See, there's a desperation when we choose that we're not going to let anything, anything pull the word of God away. There was a story in scripture where David got mad at God. The presence of the Lord was carried around in an ark, the Ark of the Covenant. And David got mad because someone had mishandled it and they died. And David got mad at God and said, I want nothing to do with you. It's because of you that that person died. And he said, take the presence of God away. I'm done. I'm quitting you. And the Bible says that the Ark of God, the presence of God, went to somebody else's house. A guy by the name of Obed and the Bible says that when Obed got the presence of the Lord, he valued the presence of the Lord, put the presence of the Lord in a place of honor. And it says that everything that Obed did started to grow because the presence of the Lord was valued there. The presence of the Lord was made real there. There was honor. Obed chose to love and honor the presence of the Lord. He chose to allow the presence of the Lord to be assimilated in his house the same way David had done. But David was just like, I'm tired of him. And when you read the story in scripture, it's just that David started like hearing stuff like Obed's house is there's a party over there all the time. Like Obed's being blessed like crazy. So David's like, whoa, I need to repent because I made a mistake. I can't quit. The one who's been speaking to me and the one who's been causing my dreams to come true. I am going back to get the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says that David made it last. Doesn't mean that David was perfect. He was not perfect when you read about him. But the Bible literally says that God viewed him as one that had his heart. And God loved him in such a crazy way. And David loved God back in ways that just blows my mind. David chose, after he tried to quit God, uh, and he realized that God would do for somebody else. Oh, no, I need, I need him. And so you and I have to choose to make it last. 
So as I'm reading Psalms chapter one, one through three, I'm realizing that the author is giving us both a warning and a guide. And I want you to write this down. I said it earlier, but I want you to write this down. You and I need to watch where we walk, stand and sit. Let me go to Psalms chapter one again. We need to watch where we walk, stand and sit because it says this. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Blessed is the one that doesn't walk in step with the, with the wicked. So here's what I want you to do. If we need to walk, watch where we walk, stand and sit. I want you to take a quick inventory right now. Here you go. I'm going to give you just three, three things that I want you to take inventory of right now. Here you go. <coughs> take inventory of currently. Where is your flesh and your spirit currently walking? Where is your flesh and your spirit currently walking? When you read this verse, it literally says this, and I'm just going to break it down because now we're jumping into how to study. It literally says this, if I was to just kind of piece them together, it says, blessed is the one that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. I looked up the word walketh and it literally means to go, to come, to depart, to proceed, to go away with, to die, to live or have a manner of life. Like literally, blessed is the one that doesn't have a manner of life or live with or is dying with. The counsel of the ungodly, literally, when you look up the word counsel, literally means to advise or give purpose to. And ungodly means one that is hostile toward God. Literally, blessed is the one that does not walk, live, reside, who's dying with, whose purpose is hostile toward God. You and I have to watch where we stand, where we walk and where we sit. Where is your flesh and your spirit currently walking? Because this could be a roadblock to us making it last. Number two, don't get caught loitering. Are you loitering? It says, blessed is the man that doesn't stand in the way of sinners. I looked up the word stand and it literally means to remain, to endure, to take one stand, to have a standing attitude, to present oneself, to become a servant to, to endure, to abide, to be steadfast. Like, don't be committed to, to someone who is literally choosing to live a life outside of the standard of God. I looked up the word sinners there and it literally meant one who is going wrong, incurring the penalty of sin and forfeiting their life. So where's your flesh and spirit currently walking? And are you loitering? Like, are you standing in the place that's outside of the purpose of God for your life, that's outside of the standard of God for your life, according to his word? If we're not careful, you and I could literally be walking and 
standing and sitting in the wrong place. I wrote this down. Thinking about loitering. Why would you and I ever wait to give Jesus our life completely? Why would we delay his lordship over our life? Why would we continue to do what's wrong because we think that God will eventually approve? Why would we choose a belief that's contrary to God's standard? And why would we risk separation from God while rolling with and wanting to be accepted by the world? See, some of us hanging out today have been hanging out on a spiritual street corner for far too long. And it's only getting worse. Sin separates us from God. And when it comes time to jump into God's word, it becomes hard to make it last. Ah. It, it becomes hard to make it real because the inventory is that we are or that we haven't been watching where we're walking, standing. And then this final one is where are we sitting? I like to argue that it might be time for some of us to pick another seat. It says this, blessed is the man that doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Sit is, it literally means to remain, to stay, to dwell. To dwell in a place or location, a time of dwelling. The seat is what, the seat literally means dwelling place, situation, location of the scornful. One who makes their mouth arrogant or as one of mockery. Literally says, make sure that you are not sitting, abiding, hanging out, enduring, remaining in a place where your mouth begins to mock God. I wrote this down. As we're reading scripture, if we're not careful and we just say, oh, not, I will not live by that. I will not make it. Last, I will not make it real. Watch this. If you believe what you like in the Bible, but you don't believe what you don't like, it's not the Bible that you trust but it's yourself. So I'm reading this and I'm listening to the author who writing Psalms or the, the writer of Psalms in verse one, chapter one. And he says, hey, watch where you sit. Watch where you stand. Watch where you walk. Because it can literally create a separation to the purpose of God. But then he does say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The law of the Lord is literally what God gave as instruction, what God gave as his standard, what God said to them as a promise. He literally says, but his delight, the pleasure, the longing, the desire, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I want you to write this down. Make it permanent. Make it permanent. So we make it real. We make it last and we make God's word permanent. I know, Pastor Damon, you say make it foundational 100 percent. But you and I have to choose to make it permanent. I'm not going anywhere. 
He says, this man's delight is in the law of the Lord and he meditates on it day and night. Not just 15 minutes in the morning, but all day long. I looked up the word meditate and here's what it means. And we're bringing this party home. It literally means to moan, to growl, to utter, to mutter, to meditate, to devise, to plot, to speak, to roar, to imagine. Literally, the writer says, listen, God's word has so much life that you could go throughout your day and you, you might feel like, oh, I don't know about this situation. Then moan God's word. God, I just thank you that your word is a shield. I thank you, Lord God, that you are a shield for me. You are the glory and the lifter of my head. I don't like this situation, but God, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the one who made heaven and earth. You will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Lord, you kept Israel and you'll keep me like you just he's literally saying when you meditate in the word, you're not just sitting. You're going to roar. Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are my healer. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You will do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask, hope, or think. Your word gives life. It's in you that I live, and it's in you that I move, and it's in you that I have my being. Your favor, O oh Lord, surrounds me as a shield. I refuse to walk in places with the ungodly. I refuse to stand in the way of sinners. I refuse to sit in a place with the scornful. But Lord, my delight will be on you. He literally says, mutter it, utter it, roar it, and do it all day. Make it permanent. Make your love, honor, and living According to God's word, permanent, make your learning and understanding of God's word permanent. There has to be a falling in love with God's word. And then write this, write this down. And then I want to give you something practical to wrap up our service. Make it permanent. And then take the word all the way. I'm making it permanent and I'm taking this thing all the way. He says this in verse three of Psalms chapter one. He says, and he, that person, will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatever he doeth, shall prosper. Somebody say whatever he doeth shall prosper. This is all as a result because you chose to make it permanent. You chose to meditate on God's word when you could be frustrated and just yell at someone. You quote, the peace of God surpasses all of my understanding. Let no unwholesome word come out of my mouth. You are going to take it all the way. He says, literally, when you meditate, you start roaring God's word. You start imagining God's word being fulfilled. You utter God's word throughout the day. You start plotting out how God's word can work in your life. He literally says, and you will be like a tree planted. Take it all the way. 
planted. I'm not going anywhere by streams of living water. Watch now who brings forth fruit in the right season of life. And when it seems like everything around you could fail, culture is pulling on you, your leaf does not wither, you're not moved. And whatever it is that the Father has been talking to you about in his word, that you've been allowing him to lead you to pursue the prayers to pray, prosperous. So let me give you just a practical tool of how to make God's word real, make God's word last, make it permanent and go all the way. Here we go. Because this is where several weeks ago I felt like there was a little bit of a gap. It's like, hey, study God's word in the morning, but some of us may not know how. So I'm going to give you a quick practical tool. Here it is. Write this down. You'll see it on the screen. And this is what I want you to do. If you downloaded today's message notes or if you have a sheet of paper, you'll find on your message notes an acronym called SOAP. This is a study tool that I use in my personal time with the Lord. At our in-person service, we're giving these out. And so uh, we, we've, 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 we've given those out to everybody. And so uh, here's, what, here, here's what I want you to do, right? You're going to see the acronym SOAP. Write down acronym SOAP. This is just a, a quick study guide. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause here. There's going to be some time that's going to come on the clock and I'm going to give you time to study God's word. And then I'll come back and pray. Write this down. S stands for scripture. Observation is O. Application is the A. And P equals prayer. Scripture, observation, application and prayer. The scripture is what we is, is what verse you read for the day or the chapter for the day. Observation is what God will have jump out to you when you read it. So similar to like, hey, write this down, make it permanent or watch where you sit. That's kind of like an observation. I need to watch where I sit. I got to watch where I stand. I need to watch where I walk. That would be an observation that God would would have jump out. And then application is I am going to check my friends I'm going to check the environment around me to make sure that I'm not standing in the way and misrepresenting Jesus like that. That would be like an application of what we just read. And then prayer is just that you would write out your prayer. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put up three verses. OK, I'm going to put up three verses and I, I, I'm not sure what translation you may have. Remember, we talked about the translations of God's word. Pick out one that you enjoy when you do your study. There is formal, functional and paraphrase. Formal is real these and thous and taken right from the original context of Scripture, from the Greek, Hebrew and Aramaic. The it's going to be it's going to be more academically read. Functional is going to be uh, a little bit simpler, a little bit formal, but it's going to t be, take a little bit more uh, ease in your reading. That's more like the NIV. And then you got the paraphrase, which is, uh, you know, easy enough for a kid to read which is taken from a formal or functional translation. So I'm going to put up a text from 1 Corinthians. There it is. You should see it right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. You'll see a King James version, an NIV version, and a message version. So a formal, a functional, and a paraphrase. And what I want you to do, I'm going to give you just a quick uh, 120 seconds. You can see the timer. 
I'm going to give you a quick 120 seconds. And here's what I want you to do. Remember, we go into scripture trying to find the Lord. What do you want to say? And then what we want to do, we want to make it real. We're going to make it last. We're going to make it permanent and we're going to take it all the way. But Jesus, I'm trying to find you. And so there's going to be uh, just a little bit of music that you hear playing behind you. And I want you to just take 120 seconds. Your scripture that you're going to put in there is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. You can pick whichever version you like. And then what is God saying through your observation? How will you apply it? And pray. Go ahead and do that. And I'll see you back here in two minutes. All right, City Place. Listen, that was just a practical tool. I know it's a Sunday morning service and it's practical, but we want to make sure that you're growing in your time with God. And so that's just to get you started. We want to make sure that every step that we take towards God is one in which we're growing. We want you to make it real, make it last, make it permanent, and take it all the way. And here's the thing that I know. The most important decision that you'll ever make in making it real, making it last, making it permanent, taking it all the way, is to give your heart to Jesus. And right now, I preached about Jesus while I was preaching about the Word. Jesus literally said, if you hold on to what I teach and to what I say, you're my follower. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. We read that in John chapter 8, verse 31. The Bible says that Jesus died for you and gave his life for you. And he rose from the dead so that you could have eternal life with his Father. And so right there where you are, if you haven't prayed the prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. We've already prayed for you. And now I just want you to be able to have that relationship with Jesus. I'm going to say a prayer, and I just want you to pray the prayer after me. It's real simple. You don't have to jump through any religious hoops. The reason why we pray this prayer with you is because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, that he comes in as Lord of your life. So right where you are, I just want to pray for you. Are you ready? Come on, city place, all over the place. Come on, let's lean in and let's pray. Just say to say, dear Jesus, today I come to you, and I acknowledge that you died for me, and you rose again. And I trust your word. And I am so grateful for the gift of salvation. There may have been times that I pushed you away, but today I want to make our relationship real. I want to make it last. And I want to make it permanent. And I'm committing my life to you to take my relationship with you all the way. I give you my life. I repent of my sins and I accept you freely as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Jesus? Come on, right where you are, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Well done on the decision that you made. Well done on leaning into service today. Well done in doing the practical to just say, God, I am going to make my relationship with you last. I'm committed. I'm going all the way. Well, hey, a couple of next steps. First one is, let us know the decision that you made. 
send us a text message or you can uh, respond via virtual connect card on the decision that you made. Uh, we would love and we would be honored to help you take your next steps. This upcoming fall, uh, we're gonna be kicking off our fall small groups. Well, the final thing we're gonna do is we're gonna worship the Lord with our giving. We're gonna worship the Lord with our giving. In the Bible, we've seen the impact of what generosity can do, but we've also seen it right here at City Place Church. I already mentioned the 120 pairs of shoes and there's so many other things that we do missionally. But I wanna also say thank you because it's through your faithfulness and trusting God with your tithe and offering and your generosity that you and I are able to hang out online here uh, every single week and uh, we get a chance to connect and uh, just the operations and the function of God's house is uh, accomplished because of your generosity and our partnership together. And so, and uh, I just wanted to just say thank you again as you prepare to give um, several things. Don't forget, if you uh, are in need and you live in Orlando and you need uh, any support with back to school book bags or anything like that, let us know. We would love to be a blessing uh, for you and your family uh, during this uh, season of back to school. Let me pray. And uh, I can't wait to see you again next week at City Place Church Online. Father, we love you today. We thank you for who you are. We are so grateful for your word. Thank you that today so many chose to follow you. Thank you that we're choosing to make your word real. Make it last and make it permanent in our life. And we commit that we're going to take it all the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, City Place, soak this week. As you end your quiet time and you're giving God that time in the morning and throughout your day, utter God's word, be hungry as you read your scripture, as you observe everything that God wants to say and you apply it to your life, meet him with expectation. Have a great week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.